Welcome to Prayers and Ponderings, a podcast of the Heartland Conference of the United Church of Christ. I'm Conference Minister Reverend Dave Long Higgins, and I'm delighted you have found this invitation to a precious pause for occasional prayers and other ponderings that we hope will deepen your sense of God's loving presence and hopefully offer some wisdom from a wide variety of voices along the way. We're delighted you're here and look forward to sharing more with you. And now, the precious pause. Dear friends of the Heartland Conference, I'm Reverend Dave Long Higgins, honored to serve you as your conference minister. Recently, several have asked that I share some words that I have shared along the way, 10 touch points, if you will, for times of launching. I've shared these with others at times of graduation or, or baptism or at other important uh, junctures in the journey, if you will. And I share them with you in hopes that they may be helpful to you. They're based on the letter to the Colossians, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. And let me remind you what those verses hold. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May God bless us in the hearing of this word. Now, for these ten touch points for launching. Number one, touch water daily. That is, remember that you are chosen by God for a life of love and called beloved. Now that sounds nice, but what does it mean? Does it mean that some are chosen and some are not? I want to emphatically say no. What it does mean is that through our baptism and confirmation, we have said yes to the eternal pull of love on our lives. We symbolize it with water. But the truth is, is that it is an event of something that happens deep within each of us. It doesn't happen in the same way for any two people. But somehow, somewhere, we discover that love, God, is the center of all things. Baptism is a sign that we want to explore this reality more and more. You are chosen by God, as is the whole creation. When you're launching a new chapter, or when things seem out of control in transition, remember to touch water daily and keep saying yes to the love of God, even if in the moment it is only a thin memory. Number two. Remember to get dressed. 
Now, this will probably come as not come as a surprise to you. You're not likely to leave your house without putting your clothes on, or so it might seem. The plain fact is that most of us who have sensed the claim of God through Christ go out at least at some point without putting on our clothes. Now, before you think I've absolutely lost my mind, let me remind you that the Apostle Paul suggests that the clothing for Christians should be compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Each of these could be a letter topic in themselves. Since I don't want to completely bore you, let me observe something to you. These clothes are radical and countercultural. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These would be considered weak by society standards, terribly inefficient. Just one thought here. We live in a culture which tends to see money as God. These things that Paul describes will probably not make you the richest person in the world. They will draw you more deeply into the heart of God and offer a freedom from fear that no money can buy. Just one other thing. One of the greatest criticisms I hear of the church, those of us who say we are followers of Jesus Christ, is that we don't look any different than anybody else. In other words, we often go out the door spiritually naked. This is especially true when we're in the midst of launching. How embarrassing. How sad. Remember to get dressed. Number three, bear with one another and forgive each other. Here again, the world sometimes gives the church pretty low marks. Too often, pettiness and turf rule in the life of the church community. Again, who in the world needs more of that? Paul observed with the early church, and we must observe for ourselves, that we will never begin to be a light to the world when we only mirror the behavior of the world. We must practice the art of releasing each other from past mistakes and hurts. This has a double effect. First, forgiveness releases the other, whoever that may be. Just as God releases us from any worry that our past could be more important than God's love for us. Second, forgiveness releases ourselves. It gives us the ability to be free from the bondage of holding on to our need for revenge and allows us to begin healing. Let me add just one other thing. Forgiveness does not mean that we don't learn from being hurt. God calls us to freedom, not stupidity. When you're on the launching pad, practice forgiveness. Number four, love, 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 love. Search out how to seek the other's greatest good. Paul uses the clothing language again. Clothe yourselves in love, Paul says. Nothing else can bind you more powerfully or more quickly to the heart of God. Trouble is, in the English language, love is used to talk about brownies and ice cream, romance and sex, friendship and God. Here, the word is agape, to seek the other's greatest good. I would like to add, we seek the other's greatest good so that the other may also be freed up to seek the other's greatest good. You see, it's a ripple effect. This kind of love can keep us from getting stuck on ourselves. It is especially helpful to consider 
when entering a new chapter on the life journey. Number five, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in the one body. Actually, this is five and six. Let me explain. Let's let number five be, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let me tell you what I believe about Jesus. It is an understanding that I find helpful, but there is much more for me to learn and experience. So please hear the fact that I am in process on this. Jesus Christ was both a great teacher and is an enduring presence. Let me go back to number four for a second. Remember, number four is love. Jesus is love. God is love. Jesus is the love of God in human form. It is in this way I can say Jesus is both divine, pure love, and human lived here on earth. Oftentimes, when I'm reading the gospel, I substitute the word love for Jesus. There's a richness to the reading when I do that. You might give it a try. The essence of this love is still with us. In fact, it can rule our hearts if we will let it. And it can offer us real peace. Let the word of Christ have run at the house. Give it plenty of room in your life. Number six, don't forget that you are called into the one body. Here's a biggie. The Christian life is a communal life. When you were baptized and confirmed, it was not just something between you and Jesus or you and God. What was celebrated was the fact that you said yes, yes to the call of God into community. And the community of the church said, yes, we will journey with you. There are some who will tell you, I'm a Christian, but I don't feel as though I have to go to church. Now, let me be very clear here. Never in the Bible are people simply called to individual journeys. The Christian life is a life in community. God wants nothing less than the building up of the human family. That means involvement in the messy, frustrating, joyful, encouraging mix that community life inevitably brings. It does not mean that church people are better than anybody else. You probably have heard about the son who did want to get up one Sunday morning and go to church. He complained to his mother, I'm really tired. Can't I just sleep in? Besides, people at church really don't like me. To which his mother responded, yes, I know, son. But you're the pastor and you've got to go. The call into community is a call to the intentional spiritual journey together. Church life must always be critiqued under the lens of love and justice, but I still believe that the best hope for the world over the long haul exists in gathered worship communities, whatever form that gathering may take. As we well know, that shifted in the past couple of years. It is in such communities that others can carry faith for us when God seems distant and lost. In times of launching or transition, the tendency sometimes is to stay in bed, keep distance from community. Instead, find a healthy Christian community to be a part of wherever you go. Number seven, read some of our shared faith poetry regularly, even every day if possible. This is one of the ways in which the word of God, of Christ, can begin to dwell in you richly. But I'm offering you here more than just advice to read the Bible. You're probably saying to yourself, yeah, yeah, Dave's supposed to tell everybody to read the Bible. 
But this is more than just lip service given because I'm supposed to say that. Did you get what I just shared here? Read the faith poetry regularly. I want you to read the Bible not because every word is literally true, as in historically accurate, but because by reading these accounts of people on the journey, you will find yourself accompanied. The truth of God will emerge. I use the word poetry intentionally here. The words we have in the Bible are just that, words. It's what they point us toward that is most important. Read with a sharp mind and an open heart. This will keep you from mindless literalism and heartless analysis. You will discover that the Bible offers an evolution of understanding of how God is at work, and the Spirit of Christ will grow in you. Number eight, embrace justice over just us. The entire life of Jesus is a litany of risk-taking to bring outsiders inside. If there was someone Jesus was not supposed to come in contact with, he intentionally went out to meet them. Maybe you've noticed this. Women, lepers, tax collectors, Samaritans, Gentiles, you name the group, he was with them. The world emphasizes looking out for number one. It thrives on spiritual numbness, especially the I've got mine or we'll look out for just us syndrome. Jesus models a very different ethic. It is one of justice, of seeing that love is more than sentiment for those who look or act like us. Rather, it is acting for the good of the other, regardless of gender or sexual orientation or economic status or education level or mental or physical ability. This is more than just political correctness. It is at the very heart of Jesus Christ is why we, sometimes some of us go on mission trips or pilgrimages, better said. Not so that we can help others, as important as that may be, but so that our eyes may be opened and we may recognize the risen Christ in the, in the lives of those whom the world may consider the least, so that we may be changed. In times of launching, Remember to embrace justice over just us. Number nine, be a stargazer. Dare to wonder. Be engaged by mystery. Make it a practice to look up at night and contemplate what a miracle it is that you are alive. My experience of life is that there are times when things come together. They make sense in a deep and profound way. And there are days when not much makes sense at all. Those days are actually a gift, though they don't usually begin feeling that way. They are a gift because they force me to give up some of the control which my ideas try to place on God. I become aware of mystery. Slowly, the gift of God's deep, silent presence begins to grow again. And I move to offer God my thanks. In times of life's launches, be a stargazer. Allow the mystery to hold you. This is a deep form of prayer, which is also so very important. Finally, number 10, 
get some rest. Not just sleeping in rest, although that can be important. I mean Sabbath rest. Speak, seek space in your life for silence. Give yourself the gift of worship. Pray often. I like how author Anne Lamont writes about prayer. She describes her prayer life in two words, help, 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 and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The goal here is not fancy words or elaborate rituals. The goal is to constantly rediscover the gift which God seeks to offer in sacred rest, especially in times of transition or launching. So here you go. Touch water daily, remembering your baptism. Remember to get dressed. Remember to forgive. Love, 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 love. Let Jesus Christ rule your heart. Commit to community. Read some faith poetry every day. Embrace justice over just us. Be a stargazer. Get some real rest, as in Sabbath. Well, there you have it. Ten launching touch points for the journey. Sure, I've left much out. And you'll add your own. Sure, I have probably said too much. Forgive me on both accounts. That would be number three, I believe. Remember, these will not keep you from life's pain. They can, and have for me, brought clarity in times of confusion, hope in times of desperation. They can transform your life so that good news can emerge again and again. One final thing. Remember that this large, mysterious thing of church, of which we are part, we love you, and you are beloved by God, who can never cease to be loved. Godspeed, for whatever transition or new chapter your life may be engaging in this present moment. Blessings on you. Your fellow journeyer, Dave. We hope that this space for prayer and pondering has been helpful to you in some way. The Heartland Conference trusts that the Holy Spirit empowers us to inspire, connect, equip, and support one another to grow as faithful disciples and responsible stewards following Jesus' call to extravagantly love all God's children and creation. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, we are glad you have journeyed with us, if only for a little while. If you'd like to find out more about our life together in the Heartland Conference, we invite you to visit our website at heartlanducc.org. Blessings on you.